Hello, word nerds. Welcome to another episode of The Dictionary. Uh, yet again, we have a guest. I know it's not incredibly often, but ooh, it's so good when it happens. Uh, we have a very special guest today. Um, I would like to say the first time that I learned about our guest, Kristoff. Oh, I should I should say your last name. I believe you said it's Polish. Is it Zajac Denik? Nailed it. Nailed it. Yes. Okay. Kristoff Zajac Denik. How you doing? I'm excellent. It's like you're a pronunciation master. <laughs> hey, you know, I learned a lot reading through the dictionary. Can you can you write it out <laughs> phonetically for me? Actually, your last name practically is spelled phonetically, isn't it? It's close. It's every it, it's a it's a sigh of relief anytime I tell anyone <laughs> when they look at my name and they're like, because Kristoff just throws them, you know, they're you know blasted around the corner when they see Kristoff and they're like. I don't know if I should attempt any more of his <laughs> right. name. And then I say it's Zajac Denik. And they're like, oh, that's not that bad. That's not that bad. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Is that the actual pronunciation or is that more of like the Americanized pronunciation? <clears throat> I believe it's the Americanized pronunciation. The Z- I don't know the the um, uh, original pronunciation of Denik, but mm. Zajac apparently is Zions. Oh, wow. Yeah. That- that's a difference <laughs> for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's Polish and Ukrainian. I don't really necessarily know how the mix shakes out, but mm. um, Zajac and uh, Zajac apparently means bunny rabbit in Polish, oh, I wow. think. Or Zions does. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Not Zajac means mm-hmm. nothing over there. <laughs> yeah, Zajac <laughs> means nothing. It's if they if I were to go there, they'd be like, your name is impossible. Zajac. We can't say that. Right. Well, thank you to uh, whoever your ancestors were who changed it to a more American uh, pronunciation. I I do appreciate that. Um, Yeah. So as I was saying, I I would like to say the first time that I was aware of you was from Twin Peaks season three, The Return, when you played Ike the Spike just so amazingly uh, that you had must have had so much fun in that role. Um, I had so much fun. Yeah. Thank you for the kind words, Spencer. That's that's amazing. That's Super cool. We, we will talk more about that. But when I actually first learned about you, my wife and I were watching a dating show. <laughs> we, oh god this is like my nightmare man. I know, when right? twin peaks when twin peaks came out that dating show came out too and i was so excited to get recognized for twin peaks and i got more recognition from the dating show oh my god. than i did from twin peaks and i was like oh that's the one i care less about than twin peaks <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> well i'll just quickly say we actually watched it because we know somebody who was on that show a different oh. episode than yours and oh, okay. really, I was, I was going to say, was it the woman that I went out on a date no, with? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, we, we knew somebody else. Um, and then so we just kept on watching the other episodes and we saw yours. And then not that long after that, we watched Twin Peaks. And my wife was like, I think I think that's the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, for sure it is. That's, well, anyway, Twin, Twin Peaks is, is way more important to us than that little dating show. Um, yeah. So thank you. Oh, we, we, and we have to talk about all of the other things that you do in life. You are an actor, clearly. Um, actor. You are a drummer. You are a, is it professional surfer or near professional surfer? Um, I've won money, so I guess it's professional. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, yeah, that's, 
God, I'm from Michigan, man. <laughs> to call me a professional surfer is like my life's like I've achieved everything I need to achieve in this world, you know. Right. You're good. You're good. But it just keeps on getting better, right? It keeps. Yeah. Life is incredible. Yeah. So what else? Uh, what else do you do? Um, yeah, I live in Los Angeles, so I do, you kind of have to do everything. So I host and produce a podcast called I'm Kind of a Big Deal, which because I've been an actor and in entertainment pretty much my entire career, I've realized and also gotten tired of little people just being put into roles that trivialize our existence. And so the goal of my podcast and the reason why I started it was to highlight and showcase these exceptional lives of little people that oftentimes are overlooked and underappreciated and really try and give some human elements to these, these people's lives that, you know, so many folks will just go on forever and never get to understand. So that's really my, my goal with the show. And it's an interview based show. And um, I just have folks on and we talk about all these different experiences and and their different lives yeah it's really a fantastic show i listened to i think it was the the last interview and then there's a bunch of like um uh sort of clip episodes after that which yeah. if you're going to listen to anything i'd if, if if you're only going to listen to a little bit listen to those because you get i love those. some really really great nuggets of information from everybody um yeah i i, the, I i'm so happy i didn't know how those were going to come out when i thought them up and I just kind of, I had compiled all these questions, you know, just to kind of see. Great questions, what it, by it was the a, way. Thanks. Yeah. Honestly, I've never been asked those questions personally <laughs> of anybody. No one is. A, and a lot of times when I ask the questions that are on those episodes, my guests say no one's ever asked. And, and you can kind of hear it. Some of them yeah. are like, I'm mad at you because I don't know how to answer this. <laughs> I've never had to answer this before. Yeah. Yeah. There, um, there were a couple. Um well, the, the the full interview episode that I listened to was uh, Alexa. I think that's oh, her name. And yeah. that spoke so perfectly to what you were saying about why you wanted to do the podcast in the first place was because yep. she was the first, if I have this correct, she was the first person with dwarfism to be in a commercial who wasn't playing a, a leprechaun or a some sort of other non-human person. She was just herself. And it that yep. was it. Yep. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm welcome to anyone saying, no, this wasn't like <laughs> proving me wrong. But I mean, all of my friends in the industry, I'm going by, you know, f- folks who've been in the industry for 30 years and mm-hmm. and stuff that I've gotten offered and called on and that stuff that I've worked. You know, it's never been outside of a costume. My face has never been seen on a commercial. I've never been in a ton of makeup on a commercial. And so many of my other friends are like, They've been mini cowboys or like jokey office people that, you know, are in, at like a mini desk and stuff. It's never just someone who's around and just working. And so for her to have that role, I thought that was it, it's a landmark. It's very sad that it's in 2020 was the first time, mm-hmm. but it's a landmark role for us in our community. So, yeah, I really wanted to showcase that. Yeah, um, that was uh, very important, I thought. And it, it, clearly the the world is changing it's it's slowly but surely getting a bit better in that way um yeah. for for all types of um communities for sure so i it is and it, it's exciting that, that this is happening i also like kudos that, that these these spots are being shot and these folks are being seen and being cast she alexa is from canada 
mm-hmm. and the spot shot in Canada. And she actually booked another spot that shot in Canada. And so I'm wondering, is are these spots just like making Hollywood look better or is Hollywood actually doing better? Because these weren't shot in L.A. or New York, you know, and I still get called for stuff that is an elf or a leprechaun that's based out of creative agencies in L.A. and New York. So you really kind of have to read the label on some of these things and see like, okay, cool. It's great that she was in an Amazon commercial or a PetSmart commercial, but you know, where, where did these creatives come from? Right. Yeah. Canada seems to be a little bit uh, ahead of America in certain ways, a little bit more accepting in, in some of these regards. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, a step is a step, right? Let's, let's keep making, let's keep walking. Let's keep making steps. So I appreciate it. But yeah, I do the podcast and then I also engineer some audio sessions for producers that live all over the world. Mm. And um, I do a little bit of video editing here and there. It's again, it's LA, man. You got to like, wherever you can find money, you have to be able to find the money. Jack of all trades for sure. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If Uh, I could just surf for the rest of my life, you know, that'd be... That would be amazing. How did you get into surfing? Uh, I've been obsessed with it since I was 14. My uh, my mom would go, we, we would go as a family to um, Florida for uh, Easter break. And I would just wander into surf shops in Florida and see posters. And uh, I mean, I was obsessed with skateboarding in Michigan, but you can only sk- skateboard for like four months out of the year with all the snow <laughs> yeah. and the terrible weather. Um, and you can't surf in Michigan, but I, w- I just thought it was so cool. And I loved that surf and skate culture were meshed. Yeah. And so when I got a, sur- a skateboarding magazine, I'd see, you know, crossover advertisements and messaging for surfers. And I just, I, I mean, I've always loved the water in Michigan. We have the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was 15 or so, I think we went to Orlando and then to Cocoa Beach and I tried surfing for the first time and it was the worst experience, but I was just so hooked. It was, it w- it was so cool to be out in the ocean on a surfboard and thinking that I looked like any of those, uh, posters that were in the surf shops. Yeah. I tried surfing once. Uh, I was in Hawaii with some people and we, I think we rented like one or two boards for like five people and we tried and failed miserably. And there was like, the coral was so sharp underneath. It was like, it was not yeah. a fun experience. <laughs> Hawaii, I mean, unless you go to a, a pretty easy spot. And I mean, if yeah. you get lessons, but you know, the ocean doesn't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the ocean, <laughs> the ocean owes you nothing and it's just going to be there and, you know, doing its its thing. And I think that's one thing I love so much about it is it's such a challenge and it's almost like a puzzle that you have to put together. And that's just how my, I'm attracted to those things. Yeah. Yeah. You do have to um, respect the water for sure. Oh Yeah. Yeah, um, I've, 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 I've had my ass handed to me many times. Yeah. There was another time in Hawaii unrelated to surfing. I just went in the water to play in the waves and very easily could have died. I'm actually yep. kind of shocked that I didn't. I was held under for a while. We don't need to talk about that. Um, I mean, it, it's good to know. Good it's, to know. Be it's, safe. Be safe out there. Yes, people. please, please go with a buddy at the very least and don't go into dumb situations like I did. Um, we, Excellent advice. We do. Oh, you're you're drumming. Um, do you play in a band yeah. by yourself, freelance? Uh, where can we listen to your drumming? Sure. So I used to make a living as a drummer, um, and I kind of I, I stopped doing that 
so much and I started to play in bands in LA just for fun, just because I love drumming. Um, man, where can you listen to me? That's <laughs> tough. There is a band that I played in from Detroit called Bermuda Mohawk that I I absolutely loved and they're amazing songwriters. And then in LA, I had another band called um, Royal Young and that band was super fun and, and with some, some friends. And then I toured with another band uh, a while back that I think many, many people have never heard of. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's a tough one. Cause I played for a long time at churches and one-off, you know, cover nights and stuff like that. And yeah. the touring thing, I never really made a living, which is one of the reasons why I ended up, um, moving on from that. But um, drumming is just a it's a it's a passion and I'm I'm sorry that I don't really have great places to send people to check well, out music. You you mentioned a couple of bands so you know we can um you know go to Spotify, YouTube. There's there's places for sure. I'm sure we can we can find them. Yeah, absolutely. It's um if you dig, you'll 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 find stuff. All right. I might dig a little bit then. Yeah, cuz okay. I want to hear. Um okay. and uh okay, yes, we obviously have to talk about Twin Peaks a bit. Um, Let's talk about Twin Peaks. How the hell did you get that job? Honestly, it's such a crazy thing. It was it 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 wasn't through my agent. It wasn't through a normal casting situation. It was through like a um, like a secondary casting or something like that. And it was all coded. I had no idea what it was. I had no clue what I was signing up for. Super secretive over there in Twin Peaks world. When I when I booked the role, I didn't know what it was. Like I, I kind of s- tricked the casting guy into telling me that it was because he wouldn't tell me. He said, "He's like, oh, you know, it's it, it's, it's a code name. Like, go look it up yourself." Mm. I think it was Rancho Rosa. He's like, oh. "Do your own research." I'm like, I, I, "It's ten thirty at night. Can't you just tell me like what I'm doing tomorrow?" Like, <laughs> what? Um. And, uh, and yeah, so I found out it's, it was interesting cause I have a, a couple friends that I'd worked on productions eight years prior, something like that. They were booked on twin peaks in the costume department and they had heard that I was coming on. And so they texted me like, shh, shh, hush, hush, you know, we'll see you tomorrow though. And mm. I was so excited. It was, and that was the coolest thing is I got to set. And I saw Nancy and I saw Jen, my friends that I'd worked on. I met on Paul. I worked, you know, many years before. And Nancy put me in costume, in the Ike costume, sat in the van with me as we drove to set. And then she took my hand and walked me over to David Lynch. And David saw me and he goes, Ike. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is out of this world, man. And I... I mean, I didn't have any information before beforehand. I saw, I got a redacted script. I got yeah. like eight pages. I honestly thought I was going to go and work a background role. And I had to call production and say like, why did I get a script? And they mm. said, oh, you're this character. And I'm like, okay. With cool. a name. With a name and a couple, like an action and stuff. So it was all just this very unique situation. Yeah. Were you- never had an experience like that before. Uh, were you a fan of Twin Peaks beforehand? So I I was a fan of David Lynch and mm-hmm. the, and movies, but I had actually never watched Twin Peaks before I booked the show. And when I booked it, I had a weekend 
so I booked it on a Friday. And so I was working on Tuesday or something like that. Mm. And it's funny, like three weeks before I booked the show, I, um, I was like, I, I've never watched Twin Peaks. I should watch Twin Peaks. I, you know, I didn't even know that this was, this was happening even funnier six months before I booked Twin Peaks. I was hired to be in a student project as the the man in the red room. Oh, wow. And so I shot that scene before, like all these things were like pointing. And another funny situation, I, I booked Twin Peaks. Um, I think I had worked one or two days. And then I, I went to rehearsal, band rehearsal with a friend of mine, John. And we were just jamming and stuff. And he's like, oh, do you want to... Um, you want to play tomorrow? Like, what are you doing? Like, I'd love to jam again. And I was like, actually, I'm I'm booked on a thing. I can't do it. And he's like, oh, what are you booked on? And I'm like, I can't say because I'll get in I'll get in all sorts of trouble. And he, the first words out of his mouth were, "Are you booked on Twin Peaks?" Oh my god. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not. Wait. <laughs> like my face probably went white. I'm like, how? How did he guess that? How I never talk about this stuff, you know? So crazy. Yeah, he must have He's, been. I mean, the, the fans knew that there was stuff going on. So, yeah, he yep. was probably keyed into that and yep. just took a stab in the dark. Honestly, or, or uh, yes. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm I'm just an easy tell, I guess. Like, and, <laughs> and I just, I'm, I can't work tomorrow. Oh, you're on Twin Peaks. I didn't say that. I never said that. <laughs> he could, He can read your mind. Um, well, know. you, yeah, you did. You had some interesting makeup or teeth in there, right? I had some, I guess, meth teeth. Yeah, like they. Yeah. So that was. So I booked it on Friday, and the costume, um, key costumer, uh, or uh, special effects makeup key. She called me, you know, kind of uh, in in a haste on on Friday night, and she said, "Hey, can you please come in tomorrow morning, and we'll do your fitting for." teeth and i was like that was the first thing where i was like this this character is getting teeth that's not just a regular thing yeah and so and so i went the next morning and and had my my teeth fitted and i was like okay there's there's something going on here yeah this is, this is serious yeah well i could definitely talk about twin peaks all day because you know it's twin peaks and my it's wife twin was a peaks. huge fan before i was and and you know she's she's we we go oh, to cool. Twin Peaks land every once in a while. We're actually going again in a couple of weeks out outside of Seattle. But uh, yeah, I'm awesome. just it, it, your your role is so insane and fun. <laughs> like what what did what, like what did you even think about that role? From as a, you're you're a, from a normal human being playing that type of character who's just see, like bonkers crazy murderer. So, yeah, I, I mean, what an opportunity, right? Like getting to play a serial killer who actually murders someone on screen, but then getting to do it for David. Lin- I like it as I'm so honored. I'm so grateful for this opportunity, you know, uh, and, and truly it's, it's just such an incredible opportunity to get to play this role. And then uh, with David Lynch, incredible for me. Um, I didn't know <laughs> like what I, I mean, cause there's, there's so many different layers there and honest to be 
truthful, you know, I'm not pulling any punches. I didn't go to school to be an actor, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm not, I'm not someone that sits down and at least at that point would look at a script and say like, Oh, motivation, this and that and all these things. That's not what I'm trained as, you know, and I'll be the first to admit that I do know how to improvise in the moment. I do feel like I'm a strong improviser and I do feel like I can go in and, um, adapt to a moment and 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 give my my all for for that and honestly that's really where i drew from like so many times when i was touring in the band we would have to call audibles on stage in front of four thousand people fifteen thousand people whatever you know and it's like there's this pressure where you have to perform and you have to make something that works in the moment. And I guess that's really what I tapped into. I was like, I've been in this before. I'm calm. This is going to be a really physical and violent moment. And I can just, just pull from that. And I also think I am, I know I have a weird personality. And so (laughs) like, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I think I maybe tapped into that as well for when, you know, he has the, the tender moment about ruining his, his spike. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I get that, you know, I get, I get what the artistic vision of that is. And, and at least I hope I did anyway, you know, I, I think like that all worked with, uh, however, David Lynch saw that uh, like I could, I could do this. I don't know, but I, I felt like I could, I could do it. You know, you nailed it. You spiked it and nailed it for sure. <laughs> That's very kind. Thank you, Spencer. Um, we're going to do a whole Twin Peaks watch at some point soon. And so, you know, oh, I'm cool. looking forward to seeing those scenes again. Thanks, man. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you. Was there when when you were hired or when you were on set um, to to tie this back around to the whole reason that you're here? Um, was there talk about specifically having a little person in that role? That not you're aware of, me, I should say. Not to me. I, I remember the the breakdown mentioned something about short and stocky or something like that. So I think mm-hmm. there was, um, you know, a physical element that they were looking for. And so I'm sure that had that had something to do with it. Um, but it really wasn't, uh, to my knowledge anyway, I didn't, I don't know. I, I don't think he was saying, oh, I want a little person. I know on my audition, I had to uh, exhibit some physicality and, and, you know, things that I could do. Um, But I mean, stuff was not really discussed at all. You know, it wasn't, it was, it was like, I don't know, maybe it was in my eyes. Like I could do that. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Well, it's even um, better that way. I mean, we, we know David Lynch tends to like things that are physically a bit different you know like you said the man from another place in the red room uh, i know yeah. he's used that actor many times um uh i'm carol stroiken who plays the giant in twin peaks he's mm-hmm. also a fan favorite of, of david lynch and so yeah I, I know that he leans in that direction he, he did the elephant man you know so there's he i think he has a real affinity to the different i know i do too and and I, part of that, I think, for him is to let's put these people in the spotlight and let them shine like they should be instead of being these quote unquote circus freaks, which is 
sad Absolutely. that that's been our history, but yeah. I I think maybe this maybe this can be also what he sees. Like I think maybe he recognizes that people who have these differences have a different element of depth in their um experience in society For and sure. their approach to whatever the acting condition is, you know, or whatever the scene um narrative is. And I think that to me is I, I highly respect that. I think that's that's what I'm going for, you know, in my whole in my whole mission on, you know, the rest of my life. Like this I I want to embrace that and and highlight that for people so that they see that you know being disabled being different offers up so many more opportunities i will argue for creative problem solving for ways to interact with people to to get to know people better than just you know on a on a surface level and to um really share vulnerably which i think all of those things are very important in acting you know and i mm. think you know maybe that's consciously or unconsciously maybe david lynch sees that and maybe that's why he's drawn to it i don't know just two two cents off the top of my head but makes sense to me for sure yeah. um and what you said there was something you said um have, having sort of a different perspective on life and having gone through something different than like somebody like me hasn't been through um, I believe that that was very specifically mentioned in one of those clip episodes of your podcast. Um, I, I don't remember, but the I think the episode of that section that really, really spoke to me was the one uh, of the question, what does dwarfism mean to you? Mm. And every single person, especially the first person, I don't remember who it was, but especially the first person, but all of them had such amazing answers that just they just really struck a chord with me because like this this is this is the big question you know like what does yeah. this mean to you? this thing that you've only known your whole life yeah and, and I just loved everybody's answers on that one thank you man I I have to say I did too I I I really just I've learned so much from my guests man like I like I've lived in this body for forty three years I have learned so much about dwarfism and having um, confidence and and learning what it is to to work through all these difficult things in in your life, whether you want to accept that they're difficult or push them down and say that well they're just you know that's just how it is. I've just learned so much, and I'm so grateful to my my guests who've come on and shared with me because I I've I've learned a ton, and I really think like you know if you if you approach it you know like as as you have and you you have an open mind and you and you think about these situations i think there's a lot to learn for for everyone so i really appreciate you checking it out man yeah of course yeah there there is a lot to appreciate there um and uh oh you have you stopped doing the podcast or is it on hiatus i feel like i haven't uh, 2021 was the last episode yeah yeah um i kindly for myself say that i'm on hiatus yeah 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 but it's been like a two-year hiatus so come on um the podcast is i don't have to tell you everybody else out there podcasts are hard man yeah. like spencer's doing a show for you every day like come on this is so it's so much work it's so much work and i i do edit a lot and i do a lot of pre-interview work and, mm -hmm. and stuff and it's it's, uh, you know, when you're not making a living at it or you're not, you know, 
using it to pay your bills and you have to kind of shift your um your priorities sh- sh- your your priorities and your availability and stuff it's it it's it's a lot so um and i'm doing it myself you're you do yours yourself too, yeah right? i do and i actually had another podcast which almost exact same timing um i it I started it in 2020 and I think it ran for about a year or so 2021 and I went on a hiatus and I haven't gone back and I really, really, really want to go back, but I just don't have enough time. So um, I think it's hard too, and and I hate to be like this, but I think it's hard when like the podcast world is so saturated now, but it's saturated with all these celebrity podcasts. And I think for for people like us who have this platform where we're just being creative and we're kind of you know, doing it in a grassroots way. Like when you're up against, you know, the, the office podcast that everybody wants, like you're vying for all these people's like, you know, 30 minute blocks or 45 minute blocks or whatever. It's, it's really tough to, to break in, you know? Yeah. Tell me about it. (laughs) Yep. No, and I feel you, man. It's, and, and that's, it, it sucks, but that's, part of why I'm discouraged from from doing I have interviews recorded with Mm. uh, lovely interviews recorded but I also don't want to put out a partial season so yep yep you'll find the time it's uh, life is in cycles um exactly well you know since we're talking about podcasting what's the whole point of this podcast I guess we're here to talk about some words. No, I'm really glad that we just spent like the last half hour talking about that stuff because I, w- I was curious. I wanted to know all this stuff about you. So I've been following you on Instagram ever since uh, Twin Peaks. Oh, amazing. I, I'm, um, thanks, man. I'm s- supremely terrible on social media and I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing myself. It doesn't look like it at all, but I am pushing myself to get better. So, well, you got thanks, a lot Spencer. going on. And, and thanks for asking like really thoughtful and, and, great questions well i'm curious about people so that's that's where it comes from awesome i'm also curious about curious about these words um i do i do believe i I sent you the photo you don't have to have it up and follow along but if you want to that's totally fine cool the first word in this episode is dvd i am recording this so out of order i mean i'm like two this is this is like three months ahead of where I'm supposed to be, but you know, that's okay. Um, so I'm, I like, haven't recorded any of like the D R D U words, none of that stuff. I'm coming into this. So, so blind. All right. DVD, all caps. It's spelled DVD (laughs) noun from 1993. So you and I are almost exactly the same age. I'm, uh, I'm closer to 43 than I ever have been. Um, and so this, this is a, <laughs> this is, this is a prime word for both you and e, you, you and me, I think. Um, yeah. it is a high capacity optical disc format. Also an optical disc using such a format and containing, especially a video recording like a movie or computer data. Do you have memories of when, when movies first came out on dvd i do yeah for sure i i mean i remember going to blockbuster or family video in shelby township michigan and there were fewer vhs tapes on the shelves and then there were dvds taking up the spaces where the the vhs tapes were and yeah definitely i mean i 93 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't remember them from 93, more like 97-ish for yeah. me. Yeah, definitely. We did not have a DVD player right away. Yeah. Um, And I definitely did not purchase DVDs right away. I didn't, I was never a movie buyer. I, di- I didn't, I never bought, and my family is like, my mom and dad are the last folks interested in any type of um pop culture Mm -hmm. so i did not grow up with with a pop culture knowledge like it was classical music in my house and uh candlelit dinners um and (laughs) nice i mean and and we go like watch a movie you know if there would be there my dad used to have sorry for the tangents my dad used to get real to real movies from the country like movies rental store and he'd like put the cassette in and like string up the the reel to reel and put up the eight projector. or sixteen millimeter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we, I mean, we had that when we were little, but I don't think we ever rented movie on reel to reel. So yeah, you you got your parents were uh, they were holding on to that for a long time. My dad was holding on to that for yeah. sure. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, I I remember DVDs definitely. I mean, I was big into CDs. You know, ni- yeah. nineteen ninety four. I would is you know one of the best years for music you know what i mean right like in, in my generation it's like so many amazing records came out in 94 dvds came out in 94 or yeah. CDs, sorry yeah i mean yeah dvds i was working at a blockbuster i think in like 97 so i was like a junior senior senior in high school i think and yeah i mean i remember the dvds coming in and oh what's this new thing uh Standard standard definition. We didn't really learn about what that was until later. Oh, it's only standard definition. Wait until you get to high definition. It's going to look so much yeah. better. Yeah, I think one of my first DVDs was uh, possibly Austin Powers. And then uh, okay. I just slowly, slowly grew the collection. Oh, I don't I, know. You, you gr- so if you grew the collection, would you watch a movie multiple times or would you watch it once and put it back on the shelf <laughs> oh that's the thing right the, the, the whole goal <laughs> is to watch it whenever you want and do i ever watch my dvds or blu-rays almost never yeah i know right that's like it's, why it's, why are they just sitting there taking up space the greatest way to to, to like for a company to sell something for $20. Right. It's amazing. I mean, there have definitely been those that have gotten many viewings. Like when I first got the Lord of the Rings extended edition uh, mm-hmm. with all of the commentaries and everything, I watched all that stuff. Um, and then, of course, I upgraded to the Blu-ray and I think we've put on the Blu-ray a few times. But yeah, like most of them, they don't, they're just sitting there just in case, right? Yeah. Yeah. Streaming. I mean, now that we have streaming... Okay, but this this is a thing though. Like, and I th- I think you might appreciate this, like other, because I I feel like people who are ten years younger than me, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, well, interruptions just happen on streaming. That's just how it goes sometimes. <laughs> like, I hate that. I can't stand when when the streaming is messed up. I'm like, yeah. on a DVD, it never stops. It's consistent. It just goes, and it never gets a hiccup. And so that's one thing that I have trouble accepting is when streaming is or when i'm watching a movie and there's like the the, the resolution goes away right. or 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 the, the you have to reset the wi-fi or something like that some bullshit always happens <laughs> and it's super frustrating you're right and and that's the thing it's like oh well if i had the physical thing i could just put it in and it would play perfectly fine and there would be none of these problems so yeah like there's 
there's definitely pros and cons with with the streaming stuff but you don't have to rewind them like we did with vhs absolutely no this is this is two men closest to 43 that they've ever been in their lives talking about (laughs) yep (laughs) we 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 get each other yeah get each other and both from the midwest yeah absolutely um all right, DVDs. I think we talked about DVDs plenty. Um, okay, you may not know this. Now we have to make a sound effect to, to designate that the first word is done and then we're moving on to the second one. Off the top of your head, what's a sound effect that you could make with your mouth or something? That's a good, like a swish kind of? Like a swish kind of. Yeah, all right, cool. So you just made the sound effect and then I'll do the next one. We'll just go back and forth. So the, the next word is DVM, all caps, this is an abbreviation for Doctor of Veterinary Medicine, or Veterinary, if you want to say all of the letters in that word. Um, I mean, I, I take my cats to a vet, and so I assume that my vet has a DVM, but uh, I have no clue. You would hope. Uh, yeah. I mean, for your cat's sake. Uh, you got anything for Doctor of Veterinary Medicine? No, the only thing I'm wondering is, like... These seem like acronyms. Yeah, I mean, it's the abbreviation. So like, you know, if somebody's saying, oh, I went and got my doctor of veterinary medicine degree, they're not going to say the whole thing. They're just going to probably say DVM, I guess. And that's a that's a word in the dictionary. Yeah, there's okay. a whole lot of them. Wow. Yeah. Right. And they usually come in chunks because it's like, so like D vowel, if there's like, there's a D and then a vowel. And then once you finish that vowel, then you get to a bunch of consonants. There's going to yep. be a whole bunch of these abbreviations. Okay. And we'll have some more of these later in this episode. Cool. Um, okay. The next word is Dvorak. And I always heard it pronounced Dvorak with like a G-J sound in the middle. But I think that might be the more pro- the, the more non-English way to pronounce it. It is spelled capital D-V-O-R-A-K, and it is a noun from 1983. Have you ever heard of this? No, it makes me think of Antonin Dvorak, though, who's a classical composer. Right, right, right. Could could be maybe family-related, but not not really. Um, This is a typing keyboard with frequently used letters placed centrally, and it says compared to QWERTY, Q-W-E-R-T-Y, which is the standard keyboard that we all are used to. Um, and I actually do know a bit about this because my friend back in the day, he was a coder, and he told me about this type of keyboard that was designed specifically to be the fastest possible way to type on a keyboard. But because the QWERTY wow. keyboard had been the standard for all these decades nobody picked up this Dvorak or Dvorak keyboard and so I actually did start to learn it I like got one of these keyboard typing things and you you can like buy keyboards or you can like move your keys around to be in this proper way but all of the vowels are on one hand like A-E-I-O-U are under one hand and then the other most commonly used letters are on the other hand and so then it's designed for the most commonly used letters are closest to where the fingers go. And so there's a lot of just like back and forth between your letters and you could type. I mean, once you get used to it, you can type super, super fast, but I never, I never wow. kept up with it. Uh, do you, you don't still use it? No, no, no. I, I forgot. I stopped using it years ago. 
Um, but what's interesting is that the QWERTY keyboard, when they were um, when they had the uh, the typewriters, people were typing so fast that the keys would get stuck together oh. and they'd have to like undo them. So QWERTY was actually designed to be the slowest possible way that somebody could type. And you know now people can type super fast on it because that's all we know. But Dvorak is supposed to be the fastest way, and nobody uses it. It's so huh. weird. That's it. That that's very weird. I'd like that's, to try it just to see how how crazy it would be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely takes some getting used to because it's a completely different rearrangement of your letters. Yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes for that one. But I th- I think more people should uh, be using it because then we can type faster because that's what we all want in life is to type faster. Keyboard uh, manufacturers are going to go crazy. Right. Oh, damn it. Spencer told us to use Dvorak. Now we have to make all these Dvorak <laughs> keyboards. Uh, this is from August Dvorak, who uh, is an American or was an American educator who died in 1975. Um, yeah, whether or not they're related to the the classical mu- uh, composer, I have no idea. But I might have to look that up too. I I don't think so. I. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Dvorak is maybe spelled differently. Could it be? I just, yeah. I, I, it might be D E V. I'm not sure. Yeah. 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 I'll 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 put it in the show notes and because right now I'm. I'm like, I'm not going to do some research now, but you can because you don't have a book in front of you. Um, let's see. Oh, it is a uh, sound effect time. The next word is DVR, all caps. It's an abbreviation for Digital Video Recorder. And we don't have the year here, but I assume back in the, the DI section, it probably said the year. Uh, yeah, this also changed the world before streaming. You, did you have like a, a TiVo or anything like that? Nope. We never, I didn't have cable. We didn't have, again, if it wasn't classical music on the radio, wasn't, wasn't happening in our, house. I think, I think that's a really important way to grow up though, because you get, you get the, the basics, right. Of the things that most of us don't get. And then, <laughs> then you can, uh, you know, join the rest of us. <laughs> You're very kind, Spencer. Appreciate that. Uh, phew. Next is DW, all caps, abbreviation for one, dead weight, two, delayed weather, three, distilled water, or four, dust wrapper. So you really need to know the context uh, because those are all pretty different. Yeah, there's also a drum company called Drum Workshop. They also go to DW? Yep. Yep. Delayed weather, distilled water. Yeah, interesting. Or the Dead Weather, Jack White's band. Oh, I've been, I'm not as up on my music as most people are. That that's another one of his bands. How many yeah. bands does he have? Oh God, I don't know. Um, Wait, did you say I Jack mean, Black or Jack White? Jack White. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. White White Stripes, um, Raconteurs, Dead Weather. Those are those are the ones that I really know, and then I know that he has been doing a ton of solo stuff. Yeah, I just watched a video of him from last year, I guess, where everything is blue, including his hair. Huh. Like that threw me for a loop. I've only seen him in like black, white, and red. Right, right. Why? Where did this blue come from? And it was it. Do you know if it was a color correction thing afterwards, or was it all like practical? 
oh no like his hair is dyed blue that's awesome <laughs> I'll have to it's incredible that yeah yeah in- interesting well, I've heard of the White Stripes and the tours, I think. But yeah, the other one I didn't know of. The the Dead Weather. Um, oh, God. I think her name's Allison Mosshart. She's from The Kills, I think. Wow. If I'm saying bad stuff, like hey. incorrect stuff about music. Memorialized in time, people. There we go. It um, sounds right to me. Yeah, but they're, they're a great band. They're really cool. Nice. Music has been... Uh, Oddly, an area that I'm lacking in. I'm like, I, I, I know the bands that I grew up with, like Weird Al. They might be giants, but uh, I never like, I, I have a lot of musical education I need to work on. There's so many bands, man. <sighs> it's, it's, it's out there. I work with some guys who are like 10, 15 years younger than me, and they like start listing the bands that they go see live. And I'm like, you're just making this up. I don't, th- none of that could be real. <laughs> yep. These are... <laughs> Bands of your imagination. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, we are now to the the section is the reason why Christoph is here, and he's going to educate us on everything that we need to know about this whole thing. I'm kidding. I'm not putting that much pressure on you. <laughs> um, so, uh, got to make the sound effect. Here Love we it. go with the first form of the word dwarf, D-W-A-R-F, and there are three forms, so, you know, we're going to get some different information in all of these. Um, I guess before we get into it, is there anything that you want to say just sort of from like a high level or anything? Um, great pun, by the way. Um, oh, but I didn't even, you know. <laughs> actually, okay, no. wait, now that you mentioned that, that's actually <laughs> one, of, one of the questions that I had for you was, yeah. I guess... You know, we see in, in, in media, TV shows and in, in, in TV, yeah, TV shows and movies, we see people in a in a certain situation. It could be with anybody who's different than them or whatever, and they start stumbling over their words or they'll replace a word or they'll throw in words that they didn't even mean to say in the first place. And obviously, you probably deal with stuff like that with, you know, with the word short, for instance. So. Yeah. Is that, does it, does it bother you if somebody starts to change their language to not make you uncomfortable or something? Yeah. I mean, kind of, I I think, you know, not saying short changed or, you know, you get the short end of the stick or that's a tall order or something like, let's listen, like society is so ingrained in describing things by size. Right. You know, how many, how many? So many of my friends will say, oh, I just met this new person. They're six feet tall. It's the first thing out of the mouth, you know, is like, and, and it's just, and, but, but then when they describe me, they're like, oh, I met Christoph. He's Polish. Uh, he's, yeah, there you go. He's bald. In fact, that's, <laughs> I'm like making a website and that's like one of the, one of the, that's like the about me section is just bald guy. That's awesome. Um, You know, I, I think we have this obsession, right? And it really is, it's ingrained and it seeps into everything. And I can't be mad my whole life, man. You know, like if there's intent behind it, if you're, you know, just, I'm still a person, you know what I mean? I think there's this unnecessary micromanaging that happens and it doesn't need to, it doesn't need to happen. I think there needs to be more acceptance for people and and difference and i think when that happens you know 
you're going to choose the language that is appropriate for whoever you're talking with. Yeah, well said. Um, and as I have definitely seen doing this podcast, language especially evolves. It changes. It's yeah. slow, very slow, but it, it does change. And, you know, with, with gender issues, you know, that's been a huge mm -hmm. thing that we've been seeing. The language around that has been slowly evolving. So, yeah, it's a it's a process. Um, yeah. So 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 back to my question. Uh, is there anything else that you want to start us off with, I guess? I, I guess one thing I'll say is dwarf seems like a very antiquated word to me. Mm -hmm. When I was seeing my doctor and, um, you know, 40 years ago when I started seeing my doctor, I don't really recall them tossing around the word dwarf all the time. I remember little person, um, you know, they did say dwarf now and then and dwarfism a lot. But it was like dwarfism and little person. So dwarf yeah. to me, and and a lot of folks that I meet, they're like, "Is dwarf? That's offensive, right?" And I'm like, "No, it's not offensive. I think it's offensive to not include somebody's name, you know, or 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 yeah. uh, you know, I need to say this like the focusing on identity based descriptions of people." Um, like a person before a descriptor of right. what whatever they look like. Um, but dwarf to me always felt like this word that I I just never really used it. I always used little person. And now I'm, I, I do use it almost interchangeably, but um, it just, to me, it seems like a more antiquated word, I guess. Yeah. And I, I knew that, little person was a little bit more of the accepted term i'm i'm putting in quotes because you know everybody's going to use what they're comfortable with uh, mm -hmm. well <laughs> the people in the world are going to use what they're comfortable with the people outside of that world should not <laughs> anyway you get it people are um, going to use what they're, they're comfortable with yeah yeah that's, yeah that's a great way to say it but i i didn't i guess i didn't realize that the, the the term little person had been kind of the accepted term 40 years ago. That's longer ago than I would have expected, actually. I well, I was three, so I don't I don't know that right, I absolutely right. know that that that's what it was. But that's just what I remember from my world. Yeah. And that's good. Um, it's again, evolution uh, language evolves. So it's good that we're we're getting these yeah. better terms now through throughout the you know how many ever years there is another word that is absolutely offensive which i won't even say but yeah. i think what you said has really helped or will help a lot of people to say the word dwarf is not offensive but saying little person or little people is probably better or even better yet ask the person if you're talking to somebody what's what do you prefer yeah exactly yeah i, I think all introductions are uh, relatively awful, you know, and awkward and, yeah. and weird, you know, and a, a cold introduction. But I think it's also better to have come from a place of knowing someone's name and and respecting their identity. And it will be interesting when you and I'd be happy to come back on when you do get to the M's and you get to yeah. midge and midget because, you know, I, I was in a documentary about surfing in my life and dwarfism and the the producer used a clip where i wrote the de i read the definition of midge out of the dictionary 
and midge is the definition of a sand flea. What? So essentially, <clears throat> you know, midget was used a lot in um, in the circus days and to, you know, as, as a, um, a, a way to degrade people. Um, and, you know, it comes from the, the descriptor for a, a sand flea. That is literally where it comes from? To my, the, for, as, as much as, as I know, tell. as far as I can tell, that's, I mean, it's in the dictionary, which you'll, sorry to spoiler alert people. <laughs> <laughs> when Damn. did the m's when did the m's come out <laughs> i guess we can just stop listening now oh many <laughs> no. many years from now uh that that's fascinating yeah um i never even really thought about that um I, and i have to add a, an, a, an addendum to what i said talk to the person that you're talking with and ask them what term that they prefer or also mm-hmm. it's not why why even bring it up like yeah like you said it's just about the person like yeah. Have it be them instead of this thing that physically describes them. Yeah. Um, okay. Perfect. Well, the the word, we're good, we have to talk about it. Uh, the plural forms are either dwarfs or dwarves with an F or a V. And it is a noun from before the 12th century. It's an old word. Number 1A, a person of unusually small stature, especially... One whose bodily proportions are abnormal, you know, take normal and abnormal with a grain of salt there. Uh, 1B, an insignificant person, uh, as in a literary dwarf. Now, that one is a little confusing. What a person? Like, okay, so in this case, obviously, we're not talking about physical stature here. We're talking about maybe somebody who doesn't know literature. And is that why they'd be a literary dwarf? Have you ever heard anything like that? A literary dwarf. I've never heard a literary dwarf. I, I'm thinking, I mean, my mind goes to insignificance in disability. You know, thinking about how people who are disabled might not contribute to society in the way that average height people or able-bodied people are perceived to contribute to society perceived right 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 using the word perceived here um and also that people um uh, disabled people or people with these differences might require more um aid and and help in order to function and navigate society when i see like a literary dwarf when that's calling them an insignificant person, I look at insignificance as, you know, not contributing, not being able to contribute, not being seen. That's my interpretation, I guess. Right. Right. And, and you should correct me if, 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 because I don't know the, I don't know the, the, I don't know the vibe of this dictionary. So I don't know like exactly what those words necessarily mean in the context of the, you know, this work, but um, that's how, Christoph perceives it in this moment. Right. Um, and and I don't really think I can add much more. I mean, I guess the only thing that I, I'm gathering is the the word insignificant is so, so difficult here, especially because this is coming right after that first definition. Because I don't think that the book is saying anything about what we're used to the word dwarf meaning somebody who is physically smaller than 
somebody else maybe yeah but i think it's it's I think it's a more kind of metaphorical idea of insignificant, a not physical thing in this context. Honestly, I have not heard this used in this way, so I'm super confused. Yeah, um, it's kind of a de- like this definition is starting out pretty dreadful, actually. Like, no, I mean, yeah. in, in, every, in every single phrase, there's um, a, a verbiage that is uh, not helpful to us. Yeah. And I guess the only, I feel like this second definition, at least the way that I'm interpreting it, needs to be sort of separated from the first definition, because I think if it were talking about somebody who is small, then it would have mentioned it there, but it is still under the 1B, you know, it's 1A, 1B, so I don't know what they're trying to say here, to be perfectly honest. I mean, um, before 12th, it seems like they just copy and pasted the definition from before 12th century. Yeah, they took that book and they're like, yeah, let's just throw it in again. Just command, command C, command V. Yeah. Well, well, that one might be a little problematic. And and um, for 1A, that one, was there anything specific that also was sort of problematic to you? Um, I, I guess abnormal seems like a harsh choice of a word you know um but i guess you know it's a dictionary so um it i guess this is like a a clinical right like this is this is just like a clinical way of describing things um but also in the same way that it's a clinical way of describing things a lot of people you know if they're going home and saying oh what's a dwarf and they go and open this up it's like there's no humanized element to this right yeah and so i don't know i guess maybe there's a better way to say it at at least for from the standpoint of someone who's trying to humanize this community (laughs) you know and and help get us to a, a point of um acceptance and parity i think um yeah, I wish it was I wish it was written differently. Yeah, I feel that. Um and I will say this book is I I bought it right when I started the podcast, but I later realized that the copyright was a little bit older than I had realized. Uh yeah. and so it's not quite up to date, so I'm wondering if in a more recent version mm. uh which they don't print very often, uh maybe maybe it has changed a bit. Um, yeah, maybe. With all that being said, I will absolutely be putting some links in the show notes um, for more uh, accurate descriptions of, of things like this. And if you have any specific uh, links or anything that you want me to, to share, I will do that. Um, cool. That being said, since we are talking about this part very specifically, um, I think I remember hearing on your podcast, I think you said that there are two to three hundred different kinds of dwarfism. Yeah, I I believe so. I don't, you know, I I haven't really been um, active in in finding that out. But that's when you go on the internet. That's that's what it tells you. Mm. And also too, I think just in talking with my friends and the the folks that I've interviewed, I've had three reconstructive surgeries in my life. I know other people who've had surgeries into the double digits for mm. their 
uh, it's called skeletal dysplasia. Um, I th and I think that's the, the true determinant of whether you are a little person or not. It's not, you know, are you four foot 10 and under it's, is, do you have skeletal dysplasia that affects your bone structure? And other folks that I know, friends of mine that have achondroplasia who are four foot tall, I'm four foot four, you know, they're a little bit shorter than me. They have not had any surgeries to correct any skeletal dysplasia in their life. And so it's such a personal and intimate thing, you know, it's, it, and so to say that there, it's, it, it really kind of highlights in my opinion in a microcosm that each individual is their own individual you know even within yeah. the containers you can't necessarily say this is absolutely this i've had people look at me and say you you have the attributes of cartilage hair hypoplasia which is the dwarfism that i have which is it's a very rare form but the these these friends these people will say but you're you're flipping me out because these other attributes about you do not look like cartilage hair hypoplasia. So, I, and they know they've, they've been ex exposed to more people and more different types of dwarfism than I have, you know, not doctors, just friends, people right. that are, that live with dwarfism in, in the community. So I don't know. I, 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 that's what they say that there are two to three, maybe 400. I don't, I don't know, but, um, it's, it's such a mixed bag. Uh, I, I just, I'm a broken record about that because I think it, it just really is, you know, it's such a unique and, and um, interesting experience. Yeah, it's I'm sure a lot of those different kinds are and maybe I should have saved this for the actual word dwarfism, but that's OK. We're it's all the same thing. Um, the I'm sure a lot of those are sort of like subversion, slight variants of one to another. So there's maybe not much of a difference, but, you know, they're they're very similar and related. Um, sure. And just sort of since we're talking about this uh, off the top of your head, do you know maybe like what are the sort of two or three most common types that like somebody like me might be a little bit more aware of? Achondroplasia is the most common type of dwarfism. That's the, the type that um, Peter Dinklage has. Um, and uh, there's a... a I don't know the next, I don't know the next most common one. Um, mine is called cartilage hypoplasia. Uh, there's pseudo, which is a little bit, I think those exhibit more taller traits. Um, that's, that's kind of off the top. I think I just, I'm blanking right now. And, that's all right. I put you on the spot. But I, and I know that there are different physical features that sort of come with those different kinds. Are you able to sort of give a quick description of that if you feel? Sure. Yeah. So achondroplasia um, generally, again, yeah, very, very specific amongst the, the, the individuals who have it. But um, generally, there's a more pronounced forehead and brow, mm -hmm. um, shorter limbs more average torso and you got a little bit of a dwarf booty too <laughs> everybody yeah. loves the dwarf booty i mean what's not to love and then for me cartilage hair hypoplasia it's in the name right so my cartilage supposedly is supposed to be less um sturdy i guess or hmm. break down more easily i don't have pain so go figure but i do hardly have any 
quality hair on my body except for my beard mm. um like i i shave my head because my hair is so fine and on my arms and legs i hardly have any hair at all it's it's just like these annoying little i mean they're cute and all but whatever but like you know the, these like almost insignificant hairs that that pop up however i will say that i do have the softest and fullest beard that you anyone will ever feel i will and i will i will claim i will t- make that you, you gotta you gotta take the wins i guess yeah like i feel like my, my beard is a little patchy it's not the great it's not a very full beard like yours is i do have a nice head of hair so you know you have a you beautiful put the, head of hair you put the you and me together and we got just the, the all the head hair is just wonderful yeah exactly for sure yeah i never thought no. that hair would be a part of that so apparently um i, I don't Again, like this is all speculation. I don't know. I don't know what I'm. This isn't based in anything. It's just thought. But um, my grandparent, my grandparents lived in Pennsylvania. Are from Pennsylvania. They they moved to Pennsylvania. Um, and there is a higher rate of cartilage hair hypoplasia in the Amish community. Uh. And so I'm wondering if there's like a little weaving of dwarfism that came from my folks in in Pennsylvania, or it could be Poland. Who knows, man? I have yeah. no idea. I haven't done 23andMe yet, but I've, I'm getting closer and closer to thinking I should do it. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, and so you, you, you described a couple of those, and then just because it's on my mind, I know that there's another form, and I would never be able to tell you the name because I don't know, but I believe that there's another form where it's very... Um, the, the proportions are very similar to a quote-unquote normal sized person oh. average high person but it's but just shrunken down um primordial maybe maybe yeah i don't know i think it might be primordial yeah um the tiniest i think the tiniest dwarves have been primordial dwarves i worked with a woman who was a primordial dwarf uh she was like 39 inches tall i think and 39 pounds and she was her proportions were were very similar to an average height person it's just she was very small it's so fascinating what so fascinating that genes and dna can do mixed bag that's all i can say mixed bag it it blows my mind you never know what i mean like i'm i'm so fortunate I can, I've, I've lived a life of an active life. I, you know, can get up and move around and be active and I don't have the pain. It's like, I could also just tomorrow, you know, have, if my insurance company is listening, I'm fine. I'm actually doing great. You should still keep, keep my, my, my plan. (laughs) I think I'm probably in more pain than you are. I it, it very well could be I it's I don't know what what happened it's it, I'm very lucky you know it's it's a crapshoot it is it's, it, it really, really is. is it's such a crapshoot um all right well we we will find out what other things the dictionary has to say about this word dwarf some you know we're getting into other areas here um number two an animal or plant much below normal size so um, you, you know, we see like, I don't know, dwarf donkeys, dwarf, uh, well, bunnies. I don't, what, bunnies. Yeah. I mean, yeah. probably any type of animal, there might be a dwarf version of it. Okay. So coming from 
the number one definition and the number two. I just feel like number two is written so much more respectfully than the first oh, one. Oh, the animal or plant one? Yeah. I just feel like below, much below normal size. Like you don't use unusual, you don't use abnormal, and you don't use insignificant. Like I just think the care that was written for the animals and the plants is so much heightened on the second definition. Yeah. And actually, when you were saying that before, I was thinking, well, why couldn't we just have written this in a much simpler way? Just something smaller than the other thing or, you know, in a really concise way. You're absolutely right. Um, it's it's very to the point. There's no none of these sort of judgmental words. Very and, judgmental. Uh, yeah. Yes. The dictionary can get pretty judgy sometimes. It's a bit of a I deba. feel like the author like had a had a vendetta. Like maybe he's been maybe his heart was broken by a little person at some point. Maybe. Uh you know, if you if you read the dictionary like I am, you'll find a lot of these problem areas. <laughs> wow. Uh let's see. Number three. A small legendary man like being who is usually misshapen and ugly and skilled as a craftsman. Okay, so, we're, back. we're yeah, back. Right, right, right. Uh, when, of course, we're talking about, like, you know, the fantastical, <laughs> mythical creatures like in Lord of the Rings. Um, but at least they're skilled as craftsmen. Ugh. Yeah, it's a, yeah. What? We'll still make your stuff. Just don't look at us. Yeah. Don't. Well, and this this perfectly ties into what you were talking about before, how, like, this is how, you know, in, um, in your acting roles, you know, you're pick to play all these different types of smaller uh, people, creatures, whatever they are, you know, and, and like, I, I don't really know where I'm going with that, but you know, Lord of the Rings is the first example I can think of where we have dwarves. This is, this is why the narrative needs to be changed. You yeah. know, I, th I think if you're pulling your definition from a Disney movie um, and, and putting it into the, into into the dictionary this the the script needs to be flipped this is this is not good representation for us yeah i mean like you can tell number one not nice number two we love plants and animals great number three we're misshapen and ugly yeah and i guess you know not that i'm going to defend the dictionary but i guess the the um they they try to put everything they possibly can in here. And so if sure. there are these uh, any any sorts of non-human things from fantasy stories, whatever it is, they're going to put it in here. And unfortunately, this just happens to be one that comes off as incredibly negative. Yeah. So a friend of mine, Katrina Kemp, told me a story about how dwarves in ancient Egypt were seen as royalty. They were among the, the, the royalty in, in that time period. Like, uh, you know, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't, it's, it, she told me this story and I forget a ton of, a ton of things. It's but like the two or 3000 years ago. Yeah. In, in, in ancient times, um, dwarves were seen as, uh, as not jesters and not, you know, uh, folks that would, would, uh, that were lesser than they were, they were lifted up, and so I think, you know, we haven't read read all the definitions, but that's not where I feel like this is focusing in, uh, you know, in in their 
depiction of us. Yeah, it would be nice to see something like that in here too. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, okay, number four, completely different topic, although obviously still related. It is a star like the sun of ordinary or low luminosity and relatively small mass and size. So, you know, yeah, there's dwarf stars and giant stars and red ones and brown ones and white ones. And, you know, they're just like humans. That's what I've always said. Stars are just like humans. (laughs) Although some of those colors should not be said either. (laughs) (laughs) We just watched. What did we watch? Oh, have you ever seen Citizen Ruth? No. It's Laura Dern in, I think it's from like 96, 96. Anyway, she gets um she gets into a very very religious household and they start singing uh sort of like a hymn song and they're using words like red and yellow to describe other people and we we're like, "Oh, that is yeah. that's real problematic." Yeah. Um okay, dwarfish is an adjective, dwarfishly is an adverb, dwarfishness is a noun, dwarf-like is an adjective, and dwarfness is a noun. I always get hung up on the one the words that end in n e s s. Like, yeah. How much dwarfness do you have? Is that how you would use that in a sentence? I don't know. I always am like, how do you even use that? Or um, she's exhibiting a lot of dwarfness. I guess, but like, and what did, what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess she's insignificant she's she's right yeah she's exhibiting a lot of insignificance and misshapenness Mm. yeah and this is exactly why i wanted to have not me only on this episode because (laughs) i knew that i was not going to do a good job talking about this no you're doing a great job i think i i agree man i i or dwarfishness yeah i mean uh, I've never used these words. No, no. These are just, you know, they exist, so they got to put it in there. Um we I, can I, I wonder if I wonder if anyone would ever say these or if they might be written in a book. Like they might be some sort of, you know, adjective or, you know, something that's used to used in a in a book per se. Yeah, they were something. probably used at one point. Um <laughs> bless you. Excuse me. Uh, they were probably used at one point, and then, yeah, people just don't use it anymore. Yeah, I the, guess it has. If if it was written somewhere, it has to be. In yeah. The, dictionary. Uh, the the etymology says this is from the Middle English words dwerg or dwarf, from Old English dwerg or dwar. These are spelled weird. Um, akin to the Old High German word twerg with a t which means dwarf so it's you know there wasn't much of a of an evolution there yeah um when i was little uh my sister used to make fun of me because when i would try to say the name of the movie snow white and the seven dwarfs i always said i was probably like five i don't know i would say Mm -hmm. snow white and the seven dwarfs like d-o-r-f and she always made fun of me for that and you know rightfully so i was saying the word wrong yeah well there's also that i mean you right remember this from uh working at blockbuster but do you remember dwarf on golf yes yes as soon as i said that out loud i was like wait a minute wasn't there this character who was yeah teaching golf or something he was a guy on his knees 
His guy on his knees. I mean, I thought it was hilarious at the time, but I never associated myself with like, I thought Dorf was, was just so, so funny. Mm-hmm. And now I look at it and I'm like, damn, that was so offensive. You know, right. it was, it's so supremely offensive. And, um, and I didn't know what any of the jokes meant. I just like, I saw this guy being super ridiculous on his knees and I didn't associate myself with this guy. Right. I didn't, I didn't think like, Oh, I'm going to grow up and be as tall as, as he is. You know, I, I never thought that. Um, but now when you look back and you're like, Oh geez, cause I don't know, maybe it was, I've, I've tried to do a, a bunch of research and, um, I've looked up dwarf on golf and, and watched a little bit of it. And it's, just really it's so terrible i'd be so afraid to watch it now and i I just now realizing that his name must have been a play on the word because he was absolutely making himself and i I never even thought about that and i think it's also you know a play on the way that you the way that you um said it as a five-year-old you know not to put you on the spot but i think like that's like children you know who don't know they don't they don't know how to pronounce the words that they don't necessarily know or don't say all the time so it it makes sense it's it, i guess maybe a way to infantilize a little bit and in like a weird i mean in a weird way also about the about the um cuz you just said oh you know when i was little and and about the like the size comments one th- one thing that was eye opening to me I'm connected with uh, about 20 moms of little people that mm. have that all have cartilage hair hypoplasia like I do. And you know, their children are 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 and it's such an amazing experience to talk to these moms who have created their own community among themselves, you know, of support. But when I've been on calls with them or been on zooms with them it's so interesting because they're teaching their children because maybe they their their child with dwarfism has a brother or sister and they're teaching their children to speak not in terms of size mm-hmm. so like instead of saying when i was little they teach them to say when i was younger yeah you know and and because that and, you know, and this is just particular to everyone's family and situation and, you know, what I mean, I still say that like when I was little or something like that. But, you know, it's just interesting that the, you know, talking about language, these these folks are really taking it upon themselves to try and change the narrative and and have um, thoughtful impact of what the words are meaning, um, you know, in their their families and communities. Yeah, and that's so huge. And unfortunately, that's probably something that, at least for a while, is going to be kind of just in that community and not get spread out into the rest of us, as it should. It should spread to the rest of us. Again, I mean, I brought up gender before. That's another thing that, like, hey, let's start our kids young using different sorts of words to talk about boy, girl, whatever you want to say. And I mean, I, I have a niece who's 13 and I have friends and family who have young kids and like, they all see this world in a totally different way. You know, granted they're in their own little world because they live in a city for instance. And you know, in more rural areas, it's going to be different, but yeah, it's, it's really nice to see slowly the language is evolving. And, and I'm, I can be taught 
you know, I need to be taught just as much as anyone else. I remember years ago, two years ago, three years ago, I was on a Zoom call with a fellow um, uh, podcaster and we were just talking about things and I said, oh yeah, I had a date with this girl the other night. And she's like, you didn't have a date with a girl. You had a date with a woman. Mm. And I was like, you're right. I had a date with a woman. Why did I say girl? And now when I listen to, when I watch movies and when I watch and, and I hear conversations of folks that don't necessarily put the weight on, you know, whether it, they want to call a girl an actual woman when she is a woman, you know, I'm so conscious of that now. Like I, it's, it's disrespectful to call a woman, you know, the name of a child. Like that's right. not okay. And if it's, if she's of age to be a woman, she's a woman and, or she can be a young woman, but like that, that's disrespectful. And, and that landed with me. And, and I think about that now before mm-hmm. I open my mouth and before I say, oh yeah, I just, you know, I met this girl. Right. I, di- I didn't meet a 10 year old. <laughs> I'm at a 40 year old. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. So I think, you know, when you put it in, in the context of humanness, I, th- I think it's important to, to consider that and make the change. Yeah. We're all, we're all learning. We're all messed up. We're, we're all, all learning. We're all messed up. Yeah, trying to do our sure. best. <laughs> and I appreciate when we do actually make changes. I, I know I'm trying to learn and change all the time. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We've got more to say, but first we got to move on to the next word. I think it's your sound effect time. Maybe. Doesn't matter. We'll just make it. it. Uh, This is the second form of dwarf, and this one is the transitive verb. Oh, sorry. It's a verb, just a verb, from circa 1626. We are starting with transitive. Um, Okay, number one. To restrict the growth of, and the synonym here is stunt, and I feel like I've always heard people will say like coffee will stunt your growth. I don't know if it's true, but I feel oh. like I've heard that. Um, I, I, I don't think I've ever heard the word dwarf used in that context, though. I've never heard it used in that context that I know of. That will dwarf your growth. Yeah, or yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Coffee huh. will dwarf your growth. Yeah, I don't, never heard that. Never heard it either. Must have been used somewhere in probably 1626. Antiquated. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, number two, to cause to appear smaller or to seem inferior, as in, has dwarfed the achievements of her predecessors. Oh, she she did such a good job. She has so many more achievements than everybody else. She's broken all of the records and all of her uh, competitors, predecessors' achievements are just so small compared to her, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. I can see that being used more than the first one. Yes, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the intransitive definition is to to just become smaller, is to just the verb, the action of, of dwarf. Now, it doesn't say it here, but I assume... Would you say the word dwarfing with an ing? I mean, I don't think I've ever heard that word used, but I guess in this context, you could maybe say that word. I don't know, but this just popped into my head that I want to write the script for Honey, I Dwarfed the the Kids. Yes, yes. Uh, what's the... Or like... Ma- Go for know. it. 
Not. <laughs> I want to make that movie. Let's make that movie. Let's write. Let's write the. Yeah. I'm. I feel like I'm having uh, I movie movie ideas every day, and I I'm sure yes. none of them will ever get made. You must be, man. Honey, I dwarf the accomplishments of her predecessors. <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> rolls off. Yeah. Maybe if anybody like a, wants a writing partner, let me know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I could use one. Uh, maybe like a Saturday Night Live sketch or something. Oh, perfect. Yes. Uh, let's see. Okay. The third form of dwarf is an adjective from 1597. This one is specifically talking about a plant. And it is low-growing in habitat, as in dwarfer forms of citrus. So dwarfer, that's the adjective. They, so these are things that I guess just grow low to the ground, uh, which is why they are dwarf. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know plants, so I am not familiar with this one at all. Yep, same. Yeah. We're, going, we're not going quite back to the 12th century, but we're still going back in time. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, okay, it is your turn for the sound effect. The next word is dwarfism, and it is a noun from 1865. Real short definition, it's just the condition of stunted growth. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> At least we got four word, five words. Um, yeah. I just think there's so much more that can be put down there. Uh, you know, the condition of stunted growth. Yeah, to the point. But also, I, I think, you know, why not say there's also uh, hundreds of different types of dwarfism? Dwarfism mm-hmm. can manifest. I, mean, I guess it's not an encyclopedia, so maybe I'm right, re- right. I'm requesting more than what they're you know, the rules of the dictionary, but yeah, I mean, that's it. It's the condition that's a part of it. Um, but I, I also too, I, as I mentioned before, just because you're four foot 10 doesn't mean you have, or, or shorter than four foot 10, that doesn't mean that you're a dwarf or have dwarfism. I think if you have skeletal dysplasia and you have skeletal deformities, you know, that, that result in shorter stature. Yeah. That's, to me, that's dwarfism, you know, but I guess in this dictionary, we're talking about it, right? If a plant is short, it has, it's a, it's a dwarfed plant. Mm-hmm. So in this, this might not fly in a medical dictionary. Um, but I think it's more than that in, in a medical dictionary, I guess is yeah. what I would, what I would Ye- say. Yeah, I think there's a there's a whole lot more information to say for sure. Um yeah. you 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 were mentioning that it's the it's the skeletal dysplasia. So, um I've seen people who for instance have, you know, average height but have like very short arms for instance. Mm-hmm. Um so in that case would they have a certain kind of dwarfism just of the arms? Would you, would it be like specified to that specifically? I mean, you, I I don't know that I can comment on that because yeah. uh, um it's it, it, again it's such a it's such a mixed bag that like some some folks just have a limb difference of the arms. Mm-hmm. I I don't know anything about that and I'm I don't claim to know anything about that but I I know 
I've met folks that that have you know that the the rest of their body is average or able, whatever you want to call it, and then they have a limb difference on a specific limb. You know, yeah. Um, to me, that isn't dwarfism, but I could definitely be proved wrong for sure. <laughs> you know, you right. bring somebody, uh, and and so, to me, like dwarfism, the way that I understand it is that it's a, it's a, it's in your chromosomes, it's in your genes, so it changes the entire makeup of your body, the whole thing, opposed the to like just thing. one limb, say. Which I think is a very interesting conversation, and I bring up a little bit of that on, on the podcast. Mm. You know, folks who there's there's a thing where um, folks will have uh, limb lengthening operations. Mm-hmm. That's what they're called. That's the the name of the the operation. Limb lengthening is actually more to straighten the limbs. The lengthening or heightening that people uh, gain from those operations is a secondary result. People don't show up at the doctor's office and say, I want to be eight inches taller. The doctor says, your bones need correction. Otherwise, you will have trouble with mobility later on. And they say, these are the options. And somebody says, you know, okay, I want to try limb lengthening. And if that's the choice that's best for them, they choose that choice. And then... As, as an additional benefit for them, you you get... Some people have gotten 10 inches of extra length. That's huge. Mind, the body's an amazing thing. You know, it's so incredible. You're not done with dwarfism. Like, your arms are still affected with dwarfism. Your toes are still affected with dwarfism. Your skull is still affected with dwarfism. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I for people that have dwarfism specifically... As far as I know, it affects, you know, your your skeletal makeup. Yeah, and and maybe like one or maybe a few of those two to four hundred types of dwarfism might be a very specific like dwarfism of an arm or a leg or something like that. Um, but you're, I totally agree with you. In my mind, I wouldn't necessarily say that they they have dwarfism or they are a dwarf or a little person because it, that's clearly a different thing. Yeah, and, and I maybe I'm wrong. You know what I mean? Like maybe, <laughs> maybe there's people out there where it's like, yeah, dwarfism, you know, has only affected. I, I don't know. And I apologize if I put you on the spot a little bit, but no, I like it. I like the, pre- I like this amount of pressure. This is a good amount of pressure, Spencer. <laughs> it's the right level. I won't go more than that. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good. No, on this, that, is, this is on that note. Uh, do you, have a general idea in your mind or things that you have heard of like the statistics of sort of like how many people in the world like a percentage of are are affected by dwarfism i used to joke around with an x that it was 70 percent of the population was affected with dwarfism 70 <laughs> percent. <laughs> it was this it was a silly ongoing joke no i mean i know that it's less than one percent of the population mm. it's yeah. it's a small it's a small number um you know, I can't throw a number out. Maybe there's like 40,000 people living with dwarfism in the U.S. I mean, less than 1% is less than 1%. Is good enough for me. Yeah, that's... it's less than... And that's taken from... If you go to the LPA, Little People of America website, it's listed... They have uh, FAQs on there and that's listed on there. Yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly what... Uh, those are the types of things that I want to put in the show notes. So 
Yep. People can sort of go, what are, I have all these questions. Go there. Yeah. LPA.org. Um, perfect. Perfect. Um, okay. Let's see. Um, well, I, if, if you will indulge me, I do have a few other questions just because we're sort of in this section. I know this is a very long episode, but if you, if you don't mind, yeah, I'll just let's keep do on it. going. I just have a, a few, um, well, first uh, we were talking about your podcast before and I forgot to ask what has, if, if you're aware, what has the reaction of your podcast been in, in the, the, the little person, the LP community? It's been, it's had a, a good reaction so far as I can tell. Um, no one has written a poor review of my podcast, which I greatly appreciate. Um, I, I, th- I, th- I think people like to hear the stories and I think now there's more pride in our community than maybe there ever has been. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's good i think people realize that we we can take up space in this world and we can have um self-confidence and and we're we can be sexy and powerful and and you know show vulnerability in ways and have conversations about dwarfism all these things that i thought i could never do i mean even up until i was probably 30 like it's been a Mm -hmm. it's been a long road man and and I, and I'm I'm still working at it, but you know I I I never wanted to associate with with other little people in my life. Like until I was 30, I knew one other little person, and I did not hang out with them, um, you know, on a regular basis. And so and so I think, um, I don't know if I'm getting off of your question or not, but like I think that it's uh, it's just important to to show that community and and to um and and to have the the conversations um you know with in in my podcast is that what you asked me what did you ask me then <laughs> uh it was just like about the the reaction uh in yeah, the, the reaction. lp community but i mean you i think you probably said what what you were aware of i mean it's not like you're gonna know what they say are they talking about it at the the meetings i don't know so i will say that in my personal community, when I, in my, you know, uh, smaller reach of, of little people, um, when I made the trailer for my podcast, I did share it with another little person and her reaction was, it was Allie actually the, um, uh, she was one of my earlier guests and her reaction was why does everything that you're saying resonate with me i've never been able to say these things but i feel all these things and and that was the light bulb moment when it was like oh we're all closeted and like wearing masks and just yeah trying to put out this persona of strength and we're you know tough or you know we're average we're as average as anybody else when we're not you know it's like our acceptance or our difference needs to be uh accepted and for for what it is and so i think that's just really, really tough, I think, for a, a lot of folks. And so that's been a huge eye-opening um, benefit for me. Yeah, I mean, anybody who has some sort of physical difference, whether they're as, quote-unquote, simple as a black person living in a white community or mm-hmm. 
a little person living in an average tight community or anything that's physically different, you automatically are going to have you're going to you're going to be dealing with stuff that the rest of us can't yeah. will will never will never know. Yep. Absolutely. That, that affects you. Yeah, it really it really does. And that that's an interesting conversation too about the, you know, do you try to walk a mile in someone's shoes or try to do that or do you just accept them for what what the difference is? And for a long time I was just saying I don't need somebody to try to walk a mile. I just just accept people's differences. And I've had interest that's I think it's an interesting conversation cuz in my head it isn't totally resolved. Folks mm-hmm. that I've talked to you have said, no, no, no. Like you should really try to experience things how people experience them. But I don't know exactly how that works. Yeah, sometimes it's just, there might not be an answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because I'm curious, are there uh, like a lot of um, very typical standard questions that you get, or maybe other people in the community get that you're like. Like I could, I could answer these like five or 10 questions because every single time somebody's going to ask me these questions. Um, yeah, there, I mean, the most, the most common one is what do we call you? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've discussed that already. Like, you know, calling out somebody by their name is the, the most important <laughs> thing. Um, what do we call you? Uh, my name is Christoph. So you can call me that. Yeah. Step up to the plate and have the awkward, you know, moment, the awkward introduction. Um, I don't, I mean, that's, that's really the most common. I think people, I don't know what people necessarily wonder about, you know, maybe they, um, maybe they wonder like if it's okay to go up and talk to someone, which I understand. I mean, that's, it's difficult, you know, it's not easy to, to just hop in and, and cause what is the, you know, I'm sure they're worried about what's the reason why I'm coming up to someone and saying hello, you know, right. you don't want to tri- trivialize or, or make a big deal about it. A, f- a friend of mine actually saw another little person in the grocery store and he's a dear friend that, that, you know, I see all the time and he went up to them and was very, um, open and, you know, accepting and wanted to just have a conversation with this person. And this person was like, please just let me go about my day. I just want to go do my stuff. Right. And my friend, my friend's like, no, I'm like work. I, my buddy is Christoph and we're cool and stuff. And you know, it's just cool to see another little person, like all well-intentioned, you know, right. All it's, it's just awkward, man. It's, it's, it's not easy, but I think, um, maybe one thing is, you know, how, how do you, um, how do you want to be seen? in in the community and i think um i think that that's a really personal that's another really personal conversation because i think like that that invokes like do you want me to ask if you need help sometimes or do you want me to ask if uh you know you're okay or 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 things like that you know moments that might feel really awkward or, or kind of um difficult to to approach so yeah it's like you said going up to somebody talking to them you know any of those things it's it's a very uh touchy situation i mean you know you 
it there are other similar things like you know if you if you uh, if you're at a bar and you're trying to meet somebody that you're attracted yeah. to like that could be a super hard thing like you don't know how they're going to react and yeah, yeah. Um, but you can also just be forward i had i went out to yeah. a, a party the other night and a friend of mine called me the, the next day and she said oh you actually made a really good impression on my friend can i give you her can i give ah. her your your number and i was like yes <laughs> and I like I appreciate that. Like if you have the confidence and the and you know the um the the guts to 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 do that and say that, I mean that's attractive and that's super cool. Yeah, yeah, confidence is big. Um, I think in your in your podcast you had mentioned um, step stools. Yeah. Um, you always sort of have to have it around. And I don't remember if this was mentioned in the show, but I it popped in my head. Do you when you travel? Do you actually travel with a step stool? God, I want to, man. I'm using one right now. And when I go to a restaurant, I almost, I almost hate going to restaurants now because there's no place to put my feet. And honestly, yeah. that's maybe where I'm the most sore is in my hips because my feet mm. just dangle. The rest of my, they've only just dangled when I sat in a seat. I try to put my foot up on the. I, w- I would love to take a a step stool with me everywhere and maybe I maybe I should but I do get very creative about putting my feet up on the rungs of chairs or the rungs and tables wherever I can to get some yeah. support. Yeah. I feel like I'm great doing qu- that anyway. I'm doing that on my desk right now cuz I just like to have my feet up anyway. Yeah. yeah. Great question. Um how frustrating is it to you when you go into a bathroom and somebody's using the the urinal that is lower on the wall? Yo, this is going to get very vulnerable. You didn't ask for this, but here we go. I, Be- I, I love it all. Because personally, I will never use a urinal. Like, I don't know. I Because I'm always, I've only used a stall because, you know... When I was drive, when I was with my dad, and we would be driving from Detroit to Baltimore, my mom too. My mom drove as well. But whenever we were on the road, like we'd stop on the turnpike, and those truck stops never had low urinals or anything. So mm. I was always using the stall. You know, since I was three, four, five, my entire life, I that's the one thing I cannot break. I cannot pee at a urinal, no matter <laughs> what. Like sometimes, even if I have the place to myself and the door is locked like i right. still have to go in the stall i don't know i i sometimes uh, like if there's the one that's that like, goes all the way to the floor i'm like yeah i'm gonna conquer this <laughs> and it it works and that's a wonderful day but like yeah i i, I must i gotta use a stall that's fair. I mean, at the very least, if it's in one of the places where there's a bunch of them, I'm like, I don't want to be standing next to you. Like for me, that's that's a big thing that the uh, at like Wrigley Field or something. They don't even have urinals. They just have a trough. And right. Like, that's yeah. my worst nightmare. <laughs> I hate those things. <laughs> no, it's disgusting. Yeah. Also, I think it's hilarious. Like people who if I'm if I'm so if I'm waiting for a stall and there is a short urinal and somebody sometimes they'll ask me and they'll be like, yo, that's, you want to use that? And I'm like, no, no, no. They're like, are you sure? Like, I can't, (laughs) I can't go and use that in front of you. Like, no, man, you're good. Yeah. And then I like, 
elevate my I start screaming and I'm like shame that no I don't do that at all. <laughs> I I can understand the the confusion from the other person like why would are you, do you want the tall one? Why would you want You're like no no, yeah. it's a stall. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm such an for asshole. It. Uh, no. That's great. Yeah, as I I know man, I wish I'm not the master of my domain in that scenario, I guess. I wish I was. Well, I <laughs> I, I, I do sometimes use those just because they're there and I'm always yeah. like, oh, I'm super worried that somebody is going to come in. It could uh, be a kid, you know, anybody and be like, for sure. no, that's mine. And I so I, I try to be conscious of that because yeah. I know not no, everybody that's, is. That's, that's thoughtful. That's nice. But also, I mean, how long does it take to pee? Really? Like you're, you're there for like 40 seconds. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. It's not, you're not ruining it. I think, I think that's the... Like if you were to push a guy out of the way, you know what I mean. <laughs> then no, we're gonna have some troubles. Yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I think you know, it's it's not like a a parking spot or you know you're. Oh yeah. You're blocking an entryway or something like you're there for a minute, you know. Well, thank you for that. But although I'm sure that there are some people who are who are not uh who feel a lot more strongly about the urinals probably absolutely like i have no desire to go up there so <laughs> yeah <laughs> people are You're... like stand up for us christoph okay. <laughs> yeah everybody's different christoph is a stall man that's what you need to know i'm a stall man that's right um all right well i, I guess we should probably finish up the rest of these words we're only about halfway through let's so do let's it. let's get going uh the next word Phew. It is Dwarf Planet, two words, noun from 1993, the same year that DVDs came into being. Uh, This is a celestial body that orbits the sun and has a spherical shape, but is too small to disturb other objects from its orbit. Um, I don't, yeah, I guess, uh, I don't know, like, would, would our planets close to the sun be considered dwarf planets i'm not sure probably not maybe the closest one is but uh yeah there's there's there they don't uh, affect the gravity of everything else so that's why there's a lot that. more description in that there than, is than other other words i'm just pointing i'm not not going backwards at all but i'm just gonna say there's a lot of description in that one uh yeah yeah i guess they had a lot to say they had a lot unlike some say. other places um interesting though i i find celestial bodies like fascinating yeah i what did i just see today uh the james webb telescope measured the temperature on an exoplanet like trappist 1b or something like that i didn't realize that it could measure the temperature of a planet people on this planet are so smart it's incredible it is i never i will never understand how they do stuff like that nope uh sound effect please the next word is dweeb we are getting into a whole new section this is the first of the dwe words and it's not going to last long um this this is a silly word it's a noun from 1964 it's slang and it is an unattractive insignificant or inept person dweebish is an adjective also slang and dweeby is an adjective also slang and uh they say that the origin is unknown um i feel like we could probably take some guesses but um yeah for a long time i think this was a word that was 
not considered to be very nice, just like no. other words in our English language. Yeah, definitely. Do you think it had some association with smoking doobies? <laughs> I, w- I, w- hmm. That's I mean, 1964. Question. Yeah. And I did actually just read the word doobie not that long ago, and I think... I think uh, it was in the 60s when that was created. Also, was origin unknown. So maybe there was a, maybe there's a dweeb doobie connection. That's like the the um, the code word for it was devised when it was hot when people were high. Origin unknown. Yeah. Wait. Sorry. I think I missed part of what you said. The internet went out. What? What was oh, that? Oh, I, I said that origin unknown is maybe code for was uh, came up with when they when someone was high. Yep. Sorry. Uh, the, yes. Every single time we see origin unknown in this book, it's just because they were high. <laughs> uh, I could definitely see somebody being high coming up with the word dweeb. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. For me, the, the dork nerd, I, I take that as a, a badge of honor for myself. I would call myself hmm. a dweeb, I guess. But also the definition, I don't know. I think that that should evolve. I don't like that definition either. Yeah, definitely. Next word is dwell. We won't dwell on some of these things. We'll move forward. <laughs> uh, this one is a verb from the 13th century and it looks to be just intransitive. Number one, to remain for a long time. 2A, to live as a resident, dwelling in your home, in a dwelling, dwelling in a dwelling. 2B, the synonyms are exist and lie, L-I-E. 3A, to keep the attention directed And this is used with the words on or upon, as in, tried Mm. not to dwell on my fears. Keeping, I'm I'm trying not to uh, keep all of my attention on the fears. Mm. And if you have anything to to jump in with, just interrupt me. I I don't have a lot of stuff to say about some of these, so. No, I I mean, this is just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 3B, to speak or write insistently, and this is used also with the words on or upon, as in, reporters dwelling on the recent scandal. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I think uh, sometimes they should not be dwelling on certain things and move on to more important things. Agreed. I don't need to know about the, the, the couple that broke up in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dweller is a noun. This is from the Old English dwellon, which means to go astray or hinder. That's kind of interesting. That is interesting. That's totally opposite of what I would have thought. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) To go astray, well, dwelling is usually like staying, remaining for a long time, living in one place, not going away. Fascinating. Um, also Maybe. from the Old High German Twellen, which means to tarry, T-A-R-R-Y. Do you think it was used by people who were describing folks that left their community and they're dwelling somewhere else? Maybe. So maybe that's why it's, they had opinions about whether they were astray or not astray. 
Yeah, and then because they were described as dwelling or dwellers, then they called themselves that when they got to a place that they stayed, and then it changed into that. Could be. I yeah. It's very possible. I don't know, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see how things change like that. Absolutely. I think it's your sound effect time. Dwelling is next. Noun from the 14th century. A shelter as a house in which people live. They live in a dwelling. Um, Perfect. That's it. That's it for that. And that's it it for the the, the DWE words. Uh, Now we have a few fun, weird, short little uh, acronyms, uh, mostly. The next one is DWI, and I think it's funny that the pronunciation actually gives you the whole pronunciation of how you're supposed to say those letters, DWI. Usually they don't for these. Uh, This is a noun from 1969, and the synonym is DUI, which uh, must have aired not that long ago. Um, D-U-I stands for driving under the influence and D-W-I stands for driving while intoxicated. I wonder why we got two different phrases for that. For the same thing, yeah. Yeah. Essentially the same thing. Right, right. Um, I guess all I'll say about that is please do not drink and drive because you don't want to get a D-U-I or a D-W-I. Yeah, don't DWI so that you get a DUI. Exactly, exactly. Um, And also, I should add that it's not about getting the DWI or the DUI. It's that it's incredibly dangerous, and that could uh, kill somebody. So please don't do that. But I just used it in a wrong context because it's a noun. I I said don't DWI. Oh, which would be the verb. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, I think... So don't drive intoxicated so you don't get a DWI. Right. And are there like... Like, do some states give you a DUI and some states give you a DWI? Wow. Or something? I don't know. Who knows? Nobody will know. No one... Unless... Yeah, don't try and find out, people. (laughs) No, no. Don't Don't, go state to state driving drunk. Just research it online. It's fine. Yeah, there's a reason we have Google. Yeah. Are you ready? Oh, Was see. it mine or is it yours? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I lose track every single time. Go for it. <laughs> you you can take it. I'll do the next one. You already did it. Okay, okay. Uh, the next word is dwindle. Verb from 1596, starting with intransitive. To become steadily less, and the synonym is shrink. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of a funny example, and I couldn't think of anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, a transitive is to make steadily less. Um, I was going to say, like, my hair is dwindling, but at this point, it's not. So I didn't even say it, but I did Honey, say Honey, I dwindled the achievements of her predecessors. <laughs> Very good callback. Yeah, maybe we should use that word instead. Uh, The synonym is the word decrease. Let's see. Oh, I'm drinking so much water, it's dwindling away. 
This is probably from the word dwine, which means to waste away. Uh, from the Old English dwinon, which is akin to the Old Norse divina, which means to pine away. Also from the Old Norse deja, deja, D-E-Y-J-A. And that means to die. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I guess when you die, you uh, you dwindle to your, your I don't know, something something's done. You're dwindling away. Dwindling to nothing. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay, sound effect, please. DWT is next. This is an abbreviation for one dead weight ton and two hmm, penny weight. It does not explain why DWT is an abbreviation for penny weight. Maybe I, somebody used the wrong character at some point <laughs> and it was a PWT. Yeah, yeah. I suspect Latin or French, is involved in this one. Mm. Usually that's the case. DX is next, all caps, noun from circa 1924. The synonym is the word distance, and this is used of long-distance radio transmission. Um, I think the X is probably the the shortened version of transmission. Trans, I think, is often shortened to X. So okay. that's that's my guess. Like distance, transmission. Yeah. Cool. It's your turn. <laughs> DXA, all caps. Uh, this is an abbreviation for dual energy X-ray absorptiometry. <laughs> so. Fun word to say. Ab- I'm sure that I had trouble with this when I got to it in the back in the A's. Absorptiometry. Absorptiometry. Whatever way you want to say it is fine. Wow. No clue what that is other than it has to do with x-rays. Dual energy x-ray, x-ray abs- absorptiometry? It, see, it's not that easy. <laughs> no, it's not that easy. Um, I... Uh, not that you couldn't tell, but I forgot to mention we did DWIs, then we got to DX, and now we are on DY. Uh, this first one is an abbreviation for one, delivery, two, deputy, and three, duty. Like the thing that you have to do and not the thing you do in the toilet. <laughs> DY. <laughs> All right, it's your turn for a sound effect. D-Y again. This has a capital D. It is the symbol for dysprosium. Now, I have to imagine that's on the periodic table. I would uh, guess. I never studied it, so I don't know most of them. Dysprosium. Also, don't do that in the toilet. Oh, no, we don't need any dysprosium in the toilet. Uh, maybe I feel like I should. I don't know anything about these. Like I heard of I've heard of all these. There's like Einsteinium and Californium. I'm like, what are these things? These these things on the periodic table. I don't know. Are those one? Are those the ones that are in the 90s and the hundreds? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're kind of just like making stuff up. Right. After. I think they are actually created in a lab. Like, oh, Plus, we right, made they're... one of these. And yep. it exists, so we got to put it on there. They're created elements, yeah. Yeah. This one I don't know about, but 
I've never heard of it. It's not like in the 20s or lowers with like gold and carbon and hydrogen and stuff. Yep. I know those guys. All right. We have one more word. It's a prefix, D-Y or D-Y-O, and it just means two, the number two, as in the example, and I'm going to have to look ahead to get the pronunciation, diarchy, D-Y-A-R-C-H-Y, diarchy. So that's something with two. We'll learn about that in the next episode. Um, And that's, uh, if you see D-Y in front of something, it probably means two. There you go. That's all I, I mean, got. Yeah. Are, uh, the, would you yeah. like make up some word? Can you just make up some words by saying "dy" and meaning that it's two? I don't see why not. I mean, like, they, are they going to catch on? Die nasty, like two nasties. <laughs> I love that one because you took an actual <laughs> word and you flipped it. You changed it. A dynasty. Ooh, yeah. We we got we got two nat two nasties here. Oh. All right. Well now now that you've said that, I'm gonna have some fun in the next few episodes <laughs> coming up with what is this thing with two? Like oh god, yeah. Oh, god. Interesting. All right. Um well, this was a blast. I had I'm, so much fun. This is the, s- the the best time I've had with the dictionary for sure. <laughs> Mine too. Um, there is one last thing we have to do. I'm going to quickly just reread the words that we had, and then you get to pick a word of the episode. All right. Any any of them is fine. We had DVD, DVM, Dvorak, DVR, DW, Dwarf, 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 Dwarfism, Dwarf Planet, Dweeb, Dwell, Dwelling, DWI, Dwindle, DWT, DX, DXA, D-Y, D-Y, and die. I'm going with DVD because we bond <laughs> we bonded over a lot of pop culture. Oh, yes. Do you remember one of the first DVDs that you did end up getting? Oh, I know you're going to ask this. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I don't because my brain... I remember in college I bought I saw this movie called Time Code. Yes. Do you remember that movie? Is that the one where there's it's in four quadrants? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. I saw it at the film festival at East East Lansing or Michigan State University Film Festival in probably 2000 or something. And I remember purchasing the DVD after that and I thought it was the mm. coolest movie I'd ever seen in my life and I don't know but it was it's four um four cameras in four different quadrants and they're it appears that there are no cuts mm-hmm. but f- but three of the cameras end up in the same room at the end of the film and you never see any of the cameras you're breaking my brain yeah yeah I don't remember that specifically. I do remember that it was they were all part of the same story and then they yep. would like turn the volume down of one or, yep. or three of them. And so you would focus on whichever one you were supposed to focus on. And they were all yep. recording at the same time and they were yep. locked to the time code, which I think was running maybe. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't like remember if the to... time code was running or, or not. It, very, well, it could have been. But I also remember that there were two earthquakes. Yes. 
and they were synced they were simulated earthquakes i thought they were real at the time but they were simulated earthquakes and all the camera people had to shake and and the actors had to react to this this earthquake that was happening i just thought it was like such a producing probably nightmare but also it was such a cool film when i saw it that i i I still own that dvd that was probably one of the first ones i really purchased that's awesome um one of just my favorite aspects of the the dvd culture was the fact that we could get deleted scenes and special features and commentaries and all that stuff as like this is what for like a kind of film nerd that i am like this is the stuff that i love i love the behind the scenes i love hearing the directors and the actors and the writers talk about the process and where they were and what they were doing and Mm -hmm. the the making of documentaries and all that stuff that was like my favorite part about that yeah and not having to rewind wonderful yes and not having to rewind um, speaking of time code, there's another movie that we just watched recently. I think it's from maybe five years, 2018, 2015, something like that. It's called Victoria. Have you ever heard of this one? I don't know. It's from oh. Germany, I think. You have got to watch this movie. I don't even okay. want to say anything about it other than, I mean, I feel like I have to say it now. It's one shot. The entire movie is oh, one wow. shot. and And it's really, really well done. What a ball of stress, man. (laughs) Oh, my God. Especially in this movie. Really? (laughs) Holy crap. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Let me me know if you watch it. I'd be curious to hear what you think. Victoria? I think it's just called Victoria. Yeah, like it's her name. Okay. Victoria. Yeah, love to check it out. Yeah, cool. I'll watch the trailer when we get off of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, All right. Well, DVD is the word of the episode. And um, I just want to say yet again, please go check out uh, Christoph's podcast. I'm kind of a big deal. Uh, If you haven't watched Twin Peaks, well, you should probably start at the beginning and then eventually you'll get to his scenes, which are some of the most fun in the whole thing. Thank you so much, Spencer. Super Uh, fun, man, being on here. And I hope you you do release more of those uh, those podcast episodes because you know you know like you you have so many people you can talk to and they all have amazing stories so they got to get out there. I appreciate the encouragement, man. I I that is my goal. I would love to start it up again. It's all about the time, and I all feel your pain. <laughs> All right. Well, this is the end of this episode. We're almost at the end of the D's, like literally a four four episodes from now, the D's will be done. So thank you for joining me here on this journey. And until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye. 